We're on the air. Let's see how the broadcast gets from the studio to your home. I just want to hear the music, that's all. Is it too complicated to just keep my records in the category, okay? Just put the rock and roll in with the rock and roll. Put the R&B in with the R&B. I mean, you're not going to put Charlie Parker in with the rock and roll, would you? What does it all mean? I don't know. Who is Charlie Parker? Yes! Sounds Visual is a podcast featuring interviews and long-form conversations with DJs, crate diggers, record collectors, vinyl enthusiasts, beat makers, producers, and musicians. Welcome back to another episode of Sounds Visual Radio. My name is Justin. Thanks for tuning back in. Today on the podcast, we have the sixth episode of the How Deep Is Your Crate series, where we talk to DJs and record collectors about some of their favorite records from their own collections. My guest on the segment today is DJ Random Noise, who checked in with us from his home base in Philadelphia to take us through some of the records in his collection. All right, let's talk to DJ Random Noise and find out how deep his crate is. So before I kind of dive in, I just want to get some quick shout outs um, because um, I think record stores are really important in this society. So starting with Hogwild Records in San Antonio and Waterloo Records in Austin, those are two record stores I've worked at. Um, so big shout out to those guys. Albums on the Hill in Boulder, other music. RIP in New York City, Mississippi Records in Portland, Easy Street Records in Seattle, and now Brewery Town Beats in Philly. Um, you should definitely check that one out. And uh, just a quick um, kind of overview of venues uh, or people who have allowed me to play um, at their venues. Um, really short list in this case uh, KSYM San Antonio, my college radio station, Keys Lounge, Vendetta, and Beach Street Parlor, which um, unfortunately they close um, due to the pandemic. So Kudos to all those people. Um, so I'm going to dive in to, um, I'm going to really cover um, 45s and maybe some B-sides and also some deep cuts off of albums. I love albums and I really love listening to not only like the known songs, but like the entire, you know, side one and side two. Because you can really find some gems there. And sometimes something like kind of takes you for a, for, throws you for a loop. Um, the first um, album is called, is from a British band called Felt. Um, and the name of the album is the Pictorial Jackson Review. And Felt were famous in the underground in the 1980s. Basically, they, they put out 10 albums and 10 singles in the 1980s, and then they broke up. Um, but there's this one particular song off this album, and it's called Sending Lady Load. And it was written by the, the keyboardist for the band. His, his name's Martin Duffy. And it basically, it's a jazz. Um, it's like a 12-minute jazz uh, piano um, piece and it's beautiful and it's 
nothing like what you hear on the record, not what, what you hear on the record is bad <laughs> by any stretch of imagination, but it's just like, where did this come from? And that's just one of the beauties of listening to an album. So um, Martin Duffy, is, he's been with Primal Scream for forever since um, when Felt broke up. But um, this song, um, Sending Lady Load, Piano, it's such a beautiful piece. Next one is another um, EP, debut EP, and I think most of, some of you hopefully have heard of the Style Council, um, which, which was Paul Weller, who um, was a jam, and once the jam broke up, he formed the Style Council. Um, honestly, the, a lot of the records were like hit and miss. I wasn't like a huge fan because they were frustrating at times, but the very first um, EP um, introducing the Style Council, they have this... Um, Again, uh, kind of like a instrumental, um, of course it's an instrumental, but piano and basically claps and it was recorded live and it's called Mix Up, um, M-I-C-K apostrophe S up, the name of the keyboard player is uh, Mick. And um, this actually, this, this, uh, this segment became, it was adopted by Studio One in, in the UK um, for their um, soul show, it became their theme song. And it's just a really great upbeat track and I love the fact that it was just recorded um, live, so it's obviously a one taker, and it's so spontaneous and um, just just another great piece. And I think it's kind of a nice kind of segue from the felt to the style council. Um, and that bands you think, oh, they're doing this, um, you know, whatever guitar, indie guitar, and whatever Paul Weller was doing with the style council. But um, I really like that piece a lot. So um, let's do mix up by the style council. The next one is, um, next selection is um, something I pulled from Hogwild Records when I worked um, at, the, at the record store. Um, I was also working at the college radio station across the street, KSYM, I was a music director. So I love labels, like um, record labels. And at that point, you know, the independent label scene in the US was really strong. There was like Twin Tone from Minneapolis, SST from LA, Sub Pop was, was just beginning in Seattle. I mean, there are tons of other ones and, and I really, um, I, were attracted to like regional labels that kind of captured the sounds of the region. Um, and in the UK, um, you know, obviously I love these record labels because they were, were we also, were also on their mailing list. So um, it was great to receive their records. Um, and when records came over from the UK, that was doubly exciting for sure. But you know, Rough Trade and Creation, um, Studio One was, was a great, uh, is a great label. And there's this other label, it's called, um, it's called On You Sound. Um, and um, features as producers named Adrian Sherwood. Um, and to me, it's like kind of psychedelic dub, his work, and it's just really super unique. And, and I think when you hear these songs, you're just kind of like, whoa, it sounds like, you know, some of these were recorded, um, you know, on Mars, um, if you will. You know, it's, I, I love like 
um, you know, dub sounds and of course reggae. And I, I've, I've always liked those, those two genres and, and they were really great to kind of feature on a college radio station because I also found that college radio was, you know, lack of a better word, you know, very white. Um, and so it was, it was nice to kind of shake things up um, quite a bit. But the coolest thing about this record, I mean, besides the, the artists, um, the whatever uh, 15 artists featured, um, is the fact that this is an import that I bought um, at the record store before my discount, mind you, and it was like $4.95. And um, God knows how much it is now, but it's, it's such a great sampler. But there's this one particular song off this album from the New Age Steppers, and it's called um, Some Love. And it features Ari, um, and she was the uh, lead vocalist from The Slits. And um, it's just a really great track. Um, it's called On You Sound Compilation, Pay It All Back, Volume 1. The next cut um, is, is actually from an album called Cut, and um, it's from the band The Slits, um, which I just mentioned, Ari, um, the, the vocalist from The Slits. It was an all-female post-punk band from London. And um, I love, first of all, I love when bands do covers. Um, so, for example, when a garage band or a post-punk band does a, uh, a, a, like soul covers, I think that's really, to me, that's the best. And conversely, I love when like soul artists do like, lack of a better word, a rock um, song, if you will. But um, this, this, uh, this, the reissue of Cut, which came out in 2019 on vinyl, um, originally did not have this song. And, um, and I think most of us have heard the song before. It's uh, Marvin Gaye's, I heard it through the grapevine. And um, I was really, really pleased, um, you know, when this finally was, was issued. I know it's, it's been out, out there kind of like in the internet world. Um, but for a long time, it was not not really available, readily available. And I'm really glad that they finally um, released it and added added um, this to the um, to their debut album cut, which again was reissued on, on uh, in 2019. Um, again, the band is Spitz and the cut is um, I Heard It Through the Grapevine. Um, I love the urgency um, in the beginning. I mean, it's such a kind of a shaking, shaking up the, the original, which a cover song should do in a lot of ways, um, but just a really great cover, and I think you'll really like it, so check that out. And speaking of record stores, uh, one of the record stores I worked at, um, you know, I think most of us have like a, a list of records that we really, really want. And we have a list and, and it's kind of like, you know, we go shopping and 
we can't find them or, or you know, pre-Discogs world, obviously it was much harder to find, but it's still like the art of discovery when you're in a record store, there's, there's nothing like that. Um, when you when you stumble upon uh, an album that you've been uh, dying for. And this particular album um, is called Nuggets, which is the original artifacts from the first psychedelic era, um, 65 to 68 on Electra Records. Um, and it's one of those records, like if you're into garage rock, this is this is the album to own. Um, and this is like, you know, if this is like the, the holy mecca of, of, of garage records, because it's such a great compilation of together by Lenny Kay, um, who at that point was a rock critic, but then he went on to, of course, you know, work with Patti Smith and the Patti Smith group. Um, and what's funny about this, this particular um, album was, I mean, they probably, Electra Records probably put out like whatever, you know, five to 10,000 copies. And when I was working at Waterloo one evening, some guy comes in with a stack of records to sell, which, and then I was helping him out, flipping through the records, and suddenly I see this Nuggets. And I was like, oh my God. I just looked at him and I go, I'm going to give you $20. I pulled $20 from my pocket. It was probably the last $20 I had in my pocket <laughs> at that point. Um, but, you know, it, should I eat or should I own this record I've been dying to, to own for forever? Um, and what's really funny about the record is um, Electra, this is a promo copy. So it's a white label promo copy on Electra. And I'm like, first of all, who in the hell is going to play this record? Because at that point in this, you know, it was like freeform rock on the FM. And, you know, they're playing probably a lot of, um, this, this came out in 1972. So probably a lot of prog rock and things. So I just didn't understand why there was a promo copy, but I have the promo copy and I absolutely love it. And I like this one track. Um, it's a cover version of um, Otis, Otis Redding's Respect uh, by a band from Long Island, New York, The Vagrants. And uh, it's more of the garage type feel to the song. So, you know, to, to me, you have like the original by Otis, which is, of course, fantastic. Then you have like this garage version um, by The Vagrants. And then you have um, Aretha's you know, everyone knows Aretha's um, uh, version of Respect, and she's obviously made it her own, and that's the most, probably the most famous, arguably the most famous um, Respect. Um, but what's funny about this particular um, 45 um, was it was released one month before Aretha's version, um, which, you know, basically you had no chance, right? Um, but it's still a really great version, and what's funny also about this band, The Vagrants, is um, they featured um, this guy, two brothers, um, and one guy was named Leslie, uh, Leslie West, who went on to, I think he was, in a band, he was in a band called Mountain. I just love reading the liner notes just for that reason, and there's tons of information in these liner notes, which I won't bore you with at this point, but uh, again, just a fantastic version, and just the when Garage meets um, soul, I think it's such a magical, magical combination and I always love the results. So here you go, The Vagrants with Respect. I'm moving to some 45s that um, I bought at Mississippi Records. I used to live nearby and uh, it would be like my, my go-to record store in Portland because of course it was super convenient. Um, there is, I picked up 
was a 45 on Rojack Records, and the, the artist, her name is Big Maybill, and she's covering um, 96 Tears, which is the uh, famous question mark in the mysterious, Mysterians, um, you know, garage hit, if you will, probably their only hit. But, uh, you know, this is a perfect example um, of reversing the trend, you know, a soul artist covering a garage classic, and she does such a fantastic version of this. Um, so again, it's Big Maybell, and she is taking on 96 Tears. And another funny thing about this record is it's a DJ copy, so it's a promo, which I, I don't know how I come across these things, but here you go, another promo, and uh, check out the version. Um, just, she really puts her heart and soul into this, and I really love this version. Teardrops for one heart to be crying, yeah. Too many teardrops for one heart to carry on. You web on top now, baby, since you left me. Coming up next is uh, coming, actually, the next two 245s I picked up at um, Easy Street Records in Seattle because I see that on the uh, price tag. And uh, I stumbled across this one. I had no idea that Barry White covered Louie Louie. I think we all know Louie Louie, the very famous garage, you know, standard, um, which obviously made famous by the Kingsmen from, from Portland. Um, and if you ever want to go down to Louie Louie, uh, Louis Louis Rabbit Hole. I mean, just Google the song. It's such a fascinating story. There's so many different components to the weirdness of the story, from an FBI investigation to the person who wrote the song, Richard Berry, who sold the song for about $750 because he wasn't making money off the, his original, which he recorded in the 50s, of like some like an R&B type standard. But it's a really fascinating song. And then when I saw that, is this like the Barry White, like? you know, lover man, Barry White, who recorded like these epic, you know, love songs, orchestrated love songs from the seventies. And I had no idea that this, when I was looking at the record label, reading the credits, this, this came out in like 1981. So this was, you know, post Barry White being lover man to recording Louie Louie, which is a fantastic version. And it, it has a more Caribbean feel to any versions I ever heard. And there are thousands of versions of Louie Louie. Again, go down that rabbit hole. Um, and then as I was doing a little bit more work um, on this show, um, I was seeing if there are any videos of Louie, of Barry White performing Louie Louie. And there is one, um, he's on Soul Train in 1981, performing Louie Louie, which I just kind of love that dichotomy because it, it, Barry White taking on, you know, kind of like garage rock was something that I never thought of. And it definitely wasn't on my 2020 bingo card. Um, so check it out, Barry White, Louie Louie. Along the same lines, I was talking about kind of a post-punk bands covering um, soul songs or whatever it might be, funk songs. Um, in this case, um, this is a band called Magazine. And uh, Magazine is uh, was formed by Howard DeBoto, who was in the Buzzcocks. 
And, um, you know, he put out several records with varying degrees of success. Obviously, more people probably know about the Buzzcocks. But this was another kind of 45 I stumbled upon at Easy Street on the same day as Louie Louie, um, where um, magazine, Howard DeBoda's band, is taking on or doing a cover version of uh, the Sly, Sly and the Family Stones, um, Thank You. And it's like this very like um, Martin Hannett produced. Um, Martin Hannett was producer for, for Joy Division. So it's a little bit of atmospheric, you know, kind of sparse, um, such a crazy selection or crazy combination. And when you're listening to it, it takes you a while to like understand like, oh, wait a second. Is this, I know this song. You can kind of like, when you're playing the song out, people are kind of like looking around like, why do I know this song? And it takes a while for, um, you know, by the time you get to the chorus, even though it's kind of been changed a little bit, um, it's such a different arrangement and um, just the, the instrumentation and everything coming forth from the cover is, is just going to throw people for a loop, which I always love to do um, when you're DJing or just kind of playing records for friends. So this is, um, the, I'm sorry, not the Buzzcocks. <laughs> this is Magazine's version of uh, Sly and the Family Stones. Thank you. comes from this record I found. Um, it's called Capital, so Capital Records, Rare, Funky Notes from the West Coast, Volume 2. And it's weird because Blue Note Records, the famous jazz label, is distributed by, by Capital. And so I'm looking at this record, and it's mainly like you see, you see, you see Natalie Cole, um, Chico Hamilton, um, and couple other, uh, mini Rick Ripperton. So, you know, kind of jazz like Patty Drew, jazz like artists, um, which makes sense, right, for um, Blue Note. And then I was looking at this more and there's this cover of Expressway to Your Heart, um, which is a soul survivors um, band from Philly from the 60s, kind of a white soul uh, band from the 60s, um, Philadelphia. And uh, with the, the, the coolest thing though about this record, um, besides Expressway to Your Heart by Marco Thunder, was the fact that it, I was, um, I can't remember what, where I was, record store-wise, but I was literally on the ground going through Dollar Records, and I, I saw this, I was like, what the hell is this? And uh, of course I bought it, because it was only a dollar, and um, Expressway to Your Heart by Margot Thunder became my, the song I selected um, and, and really featured on this album. And um, it's such a powerful, performance vocally from from Margot Thunder. Um, you know, I think the, the original's great. It has its place. Um, but I think Margot Thunder really, you know, steals the show um, with, with this version. So um, this is kind of like a soul artist covering a white boy Philly band, um, white boy Philly soul band with, with their version, um, Expressway to Your Heart. Shower you with a love and a picture. 
always love, and I still do, of course, um, you know, seven inch singles, um, really soul singles from, from, from um, probably like the early 70s or so. Um, between 70 and 75, I really like that, that scene of like, um, you know, soul artists um, from, from different parts of the U.S., so more of a regional bent. Um, and there were two I picked up um, at Mississippi Records because they had like ton of like, they have a ton of 45s there. Um, and there was one band, uh, Honey Bee, I'm sorry, um, The New Birth, um, and they are from Detroit. And the second band is called All the People from Florida. And again, I love the fact that, you know, these were kind of regional hits um, back when, you know, radio wasn't such a monopoly and you had radio stations playing music and, and artists breaking out of those markets who were from those markets. Um, and it was, it was such a unique, unique scene. Uh, the new birth, Honey Bee, um, I'm not going to tell you who, who sampled the song. I, I want you guys to figure it out. I think we have some really astute people here. But let's just say it's a popular hip-hop band who um, released their debut album in the early 90s, and I think you'll, you'll figure that out. So the name of the track is Honey Bee and uh, performed by The New Birth, and uh, listen for the sample, which I think you'll really appreciate. And the next one is uh, All the People uh, with Cramper Style. Um, band from Florida, again, the um, just the urgency. I love that kind of crazy drum opening um, and, and everything, you know, it's just kind of like the build before the vocal kicks in. Um, I think, I don't know when the vocal kicks in time-wise, but, you know, it might be 20 to 25 seconds. There's a, there's a definite build, um, but just a, a brilliant song to play um, all around. And, and uh, I don't know what else they did, um, you know, in their careers, but um, this, this, this one really resonated with a lot of people. Um, wasn't a huge hit, but I do know that um, Breakerstra did a cover of this several years ago. But um, this is the original Cramper style by all the people from Florida. Have to point that out. And I don't know where from Florida because I can't I can't find that information. But anyway, it's a, it's a great track, so check it out. This next song 
I was listening to NPR. I was I was at work and um, I was working on some whatever project. So you know, I do a lot of projects in my in my field. So I was doing research and just listening to NPR and they, Brian Eno. There was an interview with Brian Eno, and I, and of course I kind of let's just say I wasn't really focusing too much on my project because I, I love Brian Eno and all the work he's done with Roxy Music. You know, of course the solo stuff and his productions. Eno was basically. Like this show, he was he was um, kind of featuring um, t- and talking about um, artists that he loved and and influenced him, and um, he got to the very last artist, and um, he was like, this record was really kind of strange to me. He he was describing like the sound of the record, the name of the band, even the title, and um, you know he lived in the UK, and apparently this record was um, a hit in the UK. Uh, not so much in the U.S., but even though the band was from the U.S., they were they sold more records in the U.K. But they're from uh, they're from New York, and they were called uh, Reparetta uh, and the Delrons. And the name of the song is "Captain of Your Ship." And when you listen to the song, you can kind of like, if you know Brian Eno's work, you can kind of kind of hear like okay i can i can see where this influenced him but he raved i mean this was this was the last song he played and he raved constantly was raving about this 45 before they played it and naturally i went on to discogs and and immediately bought the record um and uh i had to get a uk version so it was a little bit more expensive but um it was totally worth it and um, i'm really glad i own it and i want to share it with you so it's captain of your ship by Reparata and the Delrons. So check it out. When I was in college radio, at that point um, in the whatever late uh, mid '80s um, or so, I think this was like '86 or '87, Celluloid Records. Um, so, if you know uh, Bill Laswell, who's a musician, he also had a record label called Celluloid, um, based out of New York, and they were reissuing um, the Fela records um, at that point. Um, and um, they sent, or Celluloid Records sent to. The college radio station, my college radio station, a compilation called New Africa 2, um, which featured, um, you know, two Fela tracks uh, along with other artists on, on that label. Kind of a side story, um, Fela toured that year in 1986, and I, <laughs> I went to go see Fela in, um, in Austin. I was living in San Antonio at that point and took the whatever 80 mile trip up to up to Austin. And it's interesting because I have the concert poster in my um, in my living room and tickets for that show were sixteen fifty and twenty dollars at the door. Um, so the, the the show did not sell out, <laughs> you know, and the promoter who I happen to know, um, he he definitely took a hit. Um, but it's, it, he said he, he had no regrets. It was such a unique thing to, to see. Um, and to see, I've never seen so many people on stage um, for for a concert, but it was it was magical. It's just one of those things. I was like, I saw Fela, and um, you know, stupid me did not 
buy any of the reissues because I thought I would I would find them or whatever, get another copy of the sampler. And and you know there was there was definitely a fallow period with Fela reissues. You could not find them, or if you did, they were they were you know whatever hundreds of dollars. And um, it wasn't until recently that Strut reissued um, or has been reissuing Fela records. Um, but getting back to this one, um, this track is called No Agreement, and it's off the New Africa um, compilation um, on celluloid um, that we used to play on my college radio station. And it's still one of my favorite tracks. Um, but years later, when I was in Portland, um, right about the time that um, Strut was reissuing um, the Fela catalog, I found the New Africa compilation and, um, you know, it was only $8, but I don't know if they, they, the person who took, who was, were, was pricing the records really lit the, the liner notes or the artists. He's there, there's not one, but there's like two Fela tracks um, on this one. Uh, there's Mr. Follow Follow and uh, No Agreement. And, you know, I was like, okay, $8 for two Fela songs. That's pretty cool. Um, and so that made, that kind of satisfied my, my Fela. Um, for a while until all the reissues came out. No agreement today, no agreement tomorrow. 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 Uh-huh. I'm not go giri, make my brother hungry. Make I not talk I not go giri Make my brother homeless Make I not talk My grandpa talk Your grandpa The last artist I'm going to talk about actually comes from um, a box set um, on, on Strut Records. Um, so Strut is a UK label. Um, again, they've done, um, they've done, they've handled all the Fela reissues and also the Nigeria 70 um, series, if, if you're aware of those records. Um, this is the first one that came out, Nigeria 70, the definitive story of 1970s uh, Funky Lagos. This is one of my favorite tracks off this record. Um, and there, there are several, so it, could, it depends on the day of the week. So since today's Sunday, talking to you about this record, it's going to be Peter King, Shango. And all I can say about Shango um, is there's like some crazy saxophone work um, in the song. And there are a lot of different elements happening in the song with, with the introduction and then the break and then back into the, in, into the instrumental. So it's like a vocal in, um, introduction. And then they, then they kind of get into the um, instru instrumentation and, and vocal part of the song. But the sax work on this is, is just fantastic. And it's just, again, one of my favorite, favorite tracks. And I highly recommend um, the two box sets. So if you, if you have a hundred bucks handy, um, that, that's how much they're going to cost. And they're from the UK. But again, you can probably find them domestically uh, at a record store. But Strut Records, one of the best labels out there. I think um, if any of us wanted to work for a record label, it would be Strut. But check out the definitive um, Fela reissues. Um, on Strut, which is in a box set, and also Nigeria 70 um, box set. Um, really, really great stuff and, and well worth um, the investment. I know money might be tight for a lot of people right now, but um, if you come across some money, definitely, and, and you want something to listen to while in quarantine, I would dig deep into these records. Um, really great liner notes as well. So, highly recommend it.
hope you enjoyed the um, the set and the songs. Um, Justin, thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. And um, it's going to be great to go out and uh, hopefully DJ um, in Philly. <laughs> so we'll see how that goes. Great selections, man. It was awesome to hear from you. Stay safe, be well, and uh, thanks for joining us. Thank you. For an archive of Sounds Visual Radio episodes, please visit our website at soundsvisualradio.com. You can find us on Instagram at soundsvisualmedia. You can find us on Facebook at soundsvisualpdx. Or you can email us at soundsvisualradio at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.